Yo guys, what up? Happy Monday. Uh, this is a special episode of the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. This is a previously unreleased episode. Um, it's an exclusive interview with Luke Rock, who is the head roaster at Crew Coffee. He was the roaster that we featured in Highlight Rose number two. And this is the type of content you can expect to gain access to early when you purchase a coffee package through us where we're doing our small batch highlight roast releases. This episode doesn't contain a sponsored segment because I wanted to instead turn your attention to the Upstate Coffee Collective's highlight roasts. Our goal has always been to promote community engagement, education, and to bring more people into the craft coffee community. What that means is giving people an unobtrusive way to learn a little bit about what makes their coffee special. Highlight Roasts are incredibly unique and beautifully crafted coffees from around our area that really excite us. The company excites us, the producers excite us and their cooperatives, and the quality of the coffee itself excites us. The key is to be able to give you guys the chance to learn a little bit about what you're drinking and why it's special while keeping it light and fresh and making it feel approachable. You don't want to drink coffee while reading a textbook about coffee, unless you're Kevin. (laughs) So with Upstate Coffee Collective's Highlight Roast series, our mission was to send good coffee to you with a little bit of information that's digestible. And if it tickles your fancy and you want to learn a little bit more about it, you want to nerd out a little bit, we have that option for you. There's going to be a little QR code on the card that you can scan with your phone's camera and it'll bring you to our website to a special blog post that we don't advertise all over the site where you get access to things like this, an exclusive interview with the roaster talking about how they went about making this roast, what makes it special, all of those types of things. And then also plenty of information about the coffee plant and the producer's story and why we think that they're very special. And finally, a little bio about the roaster themselves. So if you're interested, keep an eye out. July 17th is the date to remember. We're going to be releasing Highlight Roast number three, and we hope you will let us deliver a curated coffee experience right to your door. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, friends. This is an unreleased episode of the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. Thank you so much for making a purchase of a premium small batch highlight roast. Uh, These highlight roasts are an opportunity for us to shine a light on the beautiful coffee culture that is upstate New York and hopefully beyond. As part of your highlight roast purchase, you have exclusive access to this awesome short conversation we had with Luke Rock, the roaster that roasted your coffee that you're hopefully drinking right now as a companion piece to your beverage experience. This was a fantastic conversation. We're absolutely going to have Luke back on the podcast for a long-form conversation. But what we talk about here are a couple of key things. We get to learn a little bit about Luke and his background. 
where he comes from, his upbringing, and how he made his way into coffee. We talk about the cup quality details, how if you look on your card, there's like five different crazy sounding names on the top of the card. Um, those are the different varietals of coffee that are in this coffee. They're the words in that tan orange color. They are Bourbon, Catimor, Catura, and Mundo Novo. This is a hybrid that showcases the best qualities of all four of those coffees. Um, and you'll learn more about that in this episode. We also talk about, of course, roasting and highlighting the certain tasting notes that you're going to get in this bag of coffee, how a roaster goes about creating those tastes, those flavor notes uh, inside the coffee during the roasting process. It, there's a whole science behind it. It's really amazing. And finally, we finish it off by talking about community and equality in coffee uh, and beyond. You know, we have a coffee that was grown by a co-op producer um, that has been working towards empowering their community and empowering women in coffee since the 1960s, 1969, I believe. This is something that shouldn't have to be highlighted, but we are working towards a better tomorrow every single day. And this is a small, tasty representation of that. All right, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let the conversation that we have with Luke Rock, co-founder and head roaster of Crew Coffee, roll. Enjoy. So this is going to be a little bit different of a podcast. This will be shorter, um, but the the key here is I want to give people who do buy the highlight roast to get the card and they have the QR code to be able to listen um, as like a we used a word. It was like a um, a companion piece. Okay, this is a listening companion too. So you have the coffee. Yep. you read the card. Um, we want to learn more about you, your experience in coffee, where you come from, your philosophy on coffee, all that stuff. And then we can kind of get in the nitty gritty about what you like about this coffee and what kind of, you know, obviously tasting notes and things like that. But you can, you can give us a little bit of background about, you know, where, uh, like what inspired you to, to pick this coffee out of the catalog of coffees on Royal. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so... Here I am. Here you are. Luke Rock. That's me. Um, I was born and raised in Glens Falls, New York. So like you said, not even 15 minutes north of here. Um, Yeah. So my career, I guess you could call it in beverages, started when I was really young and I actually started working at Sensibilities in Glens Falls. And that's kind of where everything started. I just kind of like... All my old friends tell me I like would always say I just love hot beverages. I just love hot beverages, <laughs> and, and like I wasn't a coffee drinker. I yeah. was a tea drinker. And this shop at the time happened to have almost six hundred loose leaf teas to choose from, and we had to be able to talk and sell, you know, talk about and sell these these teas. So all the extra information about you know different origins and different kinds of tea, different like processing of the tea, you know, the mm-hmm. toasting or what have you, um, and the drying that was all very interesting to me. So. You know, long story short, that kind of snowballed into where we're at right now. But um, that was through high school. I worked there. I was the only employee there along with the owner, Donna Lynn, who was an old family friend. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of where it started. I went off to college and I was in Boston for a bit. 
Um, for my first year of college, I was doing audio production out there at the New England Institute of Art. Very cool. Yeah. And that was, it was interesting. I, that's how I fell in love with the city. It's how I became a hockey fan. It's how, you oh, know, yep, I figured out what I was wanted to do kind of. Yeah. Um, so I only stayed there a year. It was a private school. So that came with an extra cost as oh, many yeah. know. Yep. And I just couldn't see myself ever getting ahead in the, in the industry to the point where that would be worth it for me and fulfilling. Like I loved all the projects we were doing, but there was still kind of something missing. So I left home and I came back and that's when I started working at a very large coffee chain. I don't know if we're allowed to name drop as much. As, as uh, I mean, this is pretty much private. I yeah. Okay. I don't think. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I started working at Starbucks oh, um, cool. as a barista there while I was home for a half or a first semester. And, uh, you know, just that's kind of was my first barista job. Was this the one up in Queensbury? Yep. The okay. one by Aviation Mall. Yep. Yep. Um, and that was my first barista job. And they actually, I'll give them credit where it is due. They, for the first couple of days, they really f focus on like the flavor of coffee and mm. how that relates to origin. But it's more of a simple look. And they kind of have all these pre-printed tiny notebooks mm. that they would give to us. And then you would write down and part of your training was like you had to write down uh, flavor profiles of coffees that you tried and you had to kind of work your way through like three to five of them in order to get through that part of training. There was obviously a lot of computer work, mm. but it didn't really touch on like, you know, it was a very second wave for all, for lack of a better okay. term yeah. um, experience, but still it gave me a lot of insight into working a drive through working huge rushes of people. I mean, it's just, you know, it's Starbucks. It's really busy. Yeah. And that one being right off exit 19 of 87, people would come right there and you know that was like their pit stop so it was just cr crazy busy and you know i despite all other things i kind of fell in love with being a barista there once you get into the flow and you know get into a rhythm of serving you know 100 drinks an hour or whatever it was drive through and over the counter it was i had a lot of fun doing it so um there there definitely is a certain rush to the the just the food, not even the food, just service industry in general. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I, I mean, I miss it. Um, yeah. And so that translates into coffee for you. I think it's actually really interesting. I didn't know you came from tea. Mm -hmm. We have that kind of in common. I started at Saratoga Tea and Honey. Mm -hmm. You're very right, though. You learn so much about um, origin, about terroir, about processing. Right. That translates almost, almost perfectly into coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um being in tea for so long, I really wasn't a coffee drinker. Like, I don't think I had my first cup of coffee, like not even a diner cup. I just wasn't into it until, um, you know, I was nearly 20. It was thanks to my girlfriend now of almost 10 years, Kristen, when we first met her family, drank a lot of coffee all hours of the day. And so, you know, we spent so much time together that I started drinking coffee. And then um, while I was working at Starbucks, that was just before I started at Starbucks, but while I was working there, there was also a uh, cafe in downtown Glens Falls called Coffee Planet. There still is one in Boston Spa. Um, and so they were kind of new to the downtown area, I think, when I started going in there. But a lot of my friends were baristas there. And it was kind of one of those places where it's like, you're not only a barista, but you are... Um, making sandwiches, doing bagels, kind of thing, small Your kitchen, standard kind of coffee, mixing shop up cream cheeses. Feel, yeah, yeah. Things like that. Um, so I knew a lot of people there and I became a regular there, much like you with uh, tea and honey. And then I went off to um, Oneonta for college. I fig figured out that's where I wanted to go. I had some friends out there that wanted to play music and that was the big, big reason why I went out there. So I started studying geography at uh, SUNY Oneonta 
And oh, cool. there is where I could use my uh, little bit of the Starbucks experience to get a job at a place called the Latte Lounge. Which I'm, I'm sure. So my one of my best friends who lives right down the street here, Tyler Kuznia, mm -hmm. uh, he was the president of uh, a fraternity, one of the bigger fraternities yeah. at Asui or Oniana. Yep. Um, I'm sure he probably yeah. knows oh, it, right? If you don't it's know like Latte Lounge, spot. you're not doing it right. Right. When you're, you know. Um, and again, so this was one of the few uh, like bagel shop cafe egg sandwich kind of places in um, a college town. And it was uh, Hartwick is right next to Oneonta. So there's two colleges there. Mm -hmm. So the downtown scene was crazy. And uh, yet again, that was um, if I wasn't like on grill that day, I'd be uh, on bar as a barista. And um, it was just so busy on the weekends, you know, like oh, just lines out the door all day long. So you really got to learn how to manage your time, manage uh, the tools that you have in front of you and kind of think ahead a bit. I think that's like a lot like, you know, these are kind of the little takeaways I get from the barista life is that I use in my everyday life is like planning ahead, thinking about what you're doing, what's coming in next. Mm -hmm. Are you paying attention to the people in line? Can you hear anything? Can you get ahead of anything kind of thing? Mm -hmm. So that place taught me that a lot and come to find out the owner of Latte Lounge is part owner of Capital City Roasters out of all. Oh, yeah. Wow. So he was part owner in a roasting company. Right. Interesting. Now, granted, this is not a modern roasting company. This is a bulk flavored coffee roasting company. Like yes. they have uh, mm -hmm. Jamaican Me Crazy was really popular. <laughs> Pumpkin Spice, obviously, in the fall. Absolutely. Um, but I just started bugging uh, Dave Zumo's ear, the owner there, uh, about roasting. And so, you know, again, I've had all these beverage type jobs and Long story short, um, when I came home from college, I was managing Coffee Planet. I had the opportunity to manage Coffee Planet. And then, unfortunately, that store closed in Glens Falls, unbeknownst to any of us working there at the time, actually. Really? Yeah. So they just it, sprung it. it just they were like, oh, stayed. by the way, we yeah. can't do this. I was manager one day, and then I was back down to barista. And then I was like, okay, well, if that's how you're going to do it, then I'm unfortunately going to have to leave the company. Mm -hmm. I was very disappointed. Um, yeah. And then, like, less than a month later, the doors were closed, and nobody knew why. Wow. Holy and, shit. Um, it turned out to be different in new ownership that was going on there. Like, um, I can't speak for anybody, obviously, but yeah. it, things things just kind of fell apart and they closed up. And so I started sir, waiting tables mm -hmm. post-college. Um, oh. I was at Siam Thai up in Glens Falls. Oh, nice. And so that was a great experience. The owner there, she's one of the best people I've ever met in my life. She just cares for her staff so much. It was such a different setting for than I've than I hear a lot of servers have. And that's my only serving job. I really didn't enjoy the act of serving. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I wasn't very good at it. I remember once I spilled hot and sour soup on some guy's briefcase oh, no. and had to pay <laughs> for like pay for the briefcase. Oh, oh wow. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. And so I wasn't very good. Um, but I was also working a job at Fountain Square Outfitters. Oh, yep. So I, I really didn't like any downtime. I was working a lot. Yeah. Um, and I was really looking to get back into coffee because I missed it so much. And this opportunity, um, you know, across the street from Fountain Square, that's where uh, Coffee Planet was. It really, yep. it just fell apart. And I was really sad. And I was down. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, I got this geography thing, but like, I don't want to be a city planner yet, I guess, because that was kind of like the role that you... <laughs> that's what you go into. Planner, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then, uh, lo and behold, Ryan Miller... Yep. Opened up Spectre right across the street. And I knew immediately, I heard through the grapevine that they had a roaster in there. So I went on their first day soft open and it was just Ryan and the other owner at the time, Seth. And I was just chatting with Ryan about coffee and I was like, well, are you going to roast here? And he said, yeah, that's a roaster in the corner. And it yep. was a small little five kilo American roaster. And that great. I told him right there, I was like, I want to be a roaster. And he said to me, well, great, because I don't want to do it. <laughs> no way. And uh, I started working there the next day. And wow. Uh, five years later, I helped Ryan, his sister and brother-in-law start crew and 
roasting that full was time. Five years. We'll we'll be celebrating four years of being open in August. Whoa! And yeah. um, I was roasting out of the back of Common Roots Brewery for a year before we opened up the storefront. Oh, that's crazy! That's yep. amazing! Yep. Wow! So I know that was a long winded story, and I and I spoke no, a that's, bunch. No, that's that great. was that was exactly what we what we were asking. Yeah, yeah and, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, so everything just kind of uh, kind of fell into place. I know it sounds so cliche, but like um, the guy that I was working with, uh, Matt Strickland, he mm-hmm. now is a sales rep for a bunch of outdoor clothing companies. He kind of travels and works from home. Okay. Um, but he was the manager of Found Square Outfitters, and yeah. he was the guy that I worked with every day when I wasn't serving tables. Um, and we were slinging hats and raincoats and things like that at this awesome outdoor store, basically yeah. a Patagonia store, but with a bunch mm-hmm. of other great brands. And he just looked at me, and he's like, you talk so much about coffee roasting, and you're reading so much already. It's like... You sh- you should be roasting coffee and yeah that's when I went over and talked to Ryan and, and now here we are full time roasting so, so yeah you, so yeah. you'll probably never use your geography degree do you think you'll ever be a city planner or you think no I would like to kinda... not do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, but to say that I don't I don't use the information sometimes with coffee that's true um would be you know I that's would be incorrect mm. um but you know there's a lot of focus on soil. Um, in a lot of the classes yeah. that I took, and I think that's really cool, the way we talk about Kenyan coffees and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. phosphoric acid and the soils there and how that affects the cup profile and all this stuff. Like, it does play into it, but I was like, the big thing is, like, I'm not a, a great academic. Like, I'm not a, a great student, I don't think. And I no. really, <laughs> I went to, I literally went to Oneonta to play music with musicians that I had met through a friend at home and they wanted to start a band oh yeah so okay. they've got we, that sweet uh audio production or whatever it's it called. was music industry and music I, industry so yeah i did start at oneonta in the music industry program mm. but unfortunately that program the 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 percentage of people that actually get jobs in the music industry coming out of suny oneonta in central new york is very low very yeah. low and um the dudes that I was playing in the band with, we all realized that very soon. And it's like, well, we don't have to be in music industry to play in a band together. No. You know, we can take these electives that we like and stuff like that. But I, I kind of wanted to, you know, I look again, I, I like a, I was a, enjoying the idea of being a city planner for the moment. It just sounded like something I could get into. Yeah. And I liked, I understood how everything worked. I understood all these classes. But again, it's just like, I kind of just fell out of it and fell into working. You, wow. uh, yeah. You exist in a long list of people who have, Perfectly great degrees that never use them. Yeah. Or just it, yeah. maybe that you use the adjacent information yeah, that you're grabbing correct. while you're in the degree program. But oh, I yeah. like e- this, like I have friends who studied, you know, biology and they're not biologists. Right. 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 It's like a baseline, like almost like a flavored foundation for your life. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the experiences. Like the my first year of college, I was in Boston. I grew up so much because I was away. It was my first Mm. dorm experience. I was in a completely different state with a bunch of people at a private school. So they were all from different parts of the country coming there to pursue their art. And I grew up so much with those people because we were all in the same boat. We were like, what the heck are we doing? But we want to be like these kind of artists or work with artists kind of thing. So it was a amazing experience. It was heartbreaking to accept the fact that I couldn't afford it. And Mm. um, it was just, it's just the better choice to not go. But the friends that I made, um, in Boston, I'll, I'll have forever, That's you know, awesome. and I love going back there. And I love going back to old places we used to hang out. I mean, I was only 18 at the time, so we never went to bars or anything like that. I played it pretty safe my freshman year because I really wanted to get down to it. But, you know, Probably I left that call. semester with a 
almost 4.0 GPA. That's great. But so oh boy. Yeah, I think the college. And you for said me, you weren't an academic. Yeah. Right. All right, well, okay. <laughs> when you're talking microphones and like you know what <laughs> that kind of stuff, like it was very immersive, very hands-on uh, mm-hmm. coursework, and I think that because I was so good with my hands, that's how the grades came through. Because the uh, first okay. ones were you know mixing audio and yeah. and wiring and everything like that rap even wrapping wire was part of a course you know like uh, how to wrap it properly, properly so you don't it, yep. you know um so yeah i think that that helped me grow and learn that i really liked working with my hands and you know here we are baristing and roasting yep. and you know never never sitting no you know? no literally <laughs> never, never sit. sitting yeah. dude no, i seriously. i do too much sitting at my job yep. thankfully we do have like a sit stand situation but truly well, truly it's it's not I remember being feeling like just mechanically. Now I was younger too, but yep. when I was in the service industry, just mechanically, I felt much more sound than I do now. Yeah, sitting at a desk every day, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and it's like um, at, sure at some point, wherever my career in coffee transitions to, I could find myself at a desk. You know, you never true. know where these things are going to be. But I'm oh, really yeah. enjoying the ability. There of, are desk jobs in coffee. There are. <laughs> there are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, leads kind of perfectly into this coffee that we're sipping on right now. It does. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, you know, obviously you learned how to roast coffee over such a long period of time that you've gotten into dialing in these really fine notes that we have in this cup. Yes. So this wonderful coffee from Peru, La Familia Cordova Colunche. Mm -hmm. Um, I chose this coffee because of my green coffee trader, Brittany Amel. Um, speaking of desk jobs that are awesome, shout out. Yeah, she Brittany's has one. Great. Shout out, Brittany. Um, she spends a lot of time trying to travel for Origin. Obviously, this year is a bit different. Oh, yeah. um, but she personally works with Co-op Offsi in Peru, which is uh, where this coffee comes from, that yes. cooperative. Mm-hmm. And so she has a really nice uh, write-up about her experiences there. She's been there twice now, um, specifically working with Las Damas de San San Ignacio, I believe, yes. mm-hmm. um, which is the f- 80 female producers out of the 360 producers that the co-op is now um, over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, really great. And we have two of those um, Las Damas lots. So two female produced lots uh, that will be coming to crew. But this one actually happens to be a family lot. Mm-hmm. So um, the nice write-up has the... Um, has all the information about Don Fermin and his 13 children. That's oh my 13. It's so a lot of children. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was the story behind this cooperative in Peru. And um, Brittany, obviously, with all of her help in connecting myself with this coffee, the stories that she's told me personally in our emails back and forth were really, they, they just spoke to me. And I figured if you guys are going to do a highlight roast to highlight not just the roaster behind the coffee, but the actual farmers and the people behind the coffee. There's no better story than a story of a family that has grown together and run this farm together. Dude, I completely agree. And and doing so I read her write up as well as whatever else I could find on the Royal site and, and anything I could find on the Internet. Yeah, they they've been around since the 60s. Yeah, 69. And there since the 60s, their in, entire you know, philosophy, their reason for being is gender equality and like empowering their community. Right. Yep. So they improving obviously qu- quality of coffee and improving yeah. the quality of coffee through right? education, which is so cool. Yeah. A lot of their, a lot of the cooperative programs include like education That's about great. soil, yeah. about coffee itself, how to better practices mm-hmm. for beating leaf rust, Roya, 
Right. Um, I know that she had that in her write-up. I La thought that Roya. was yeah, that was very interesting that they battle with that, but the elevation can change so much in Peru that they you know have um, put these lower altitude coffees and tried to defeat that leaf rust with by cross like crossing um, varietals. That's why yep. one thing that stuck out to me with this coffee is how many varietals are listed as yeah, the five from total. the information. Correction: There's four. That yeah. was that was shocking to me. Yeah. And then once I read that uh, that bit about the coffee rust, which we I would love to, yeah. to talk a little more about, yep. I, I think that that makes a little more sense. One question I have is, and this is just coming from you know a lack of expertise in coffee, is um, are each of those varietals used and blended as green, or is that one coffee that is like a a, um, a, like a hybrid hybrid? So I think the way that it, Brittany had written written it down on her blog about it. It sounds like it's, it's hybrid form, but they are also growing all of these varietals near each other and in this partial shade to protect it from, because the Catimor is more hardy at a lower altitude and it's more leaf rust, leaf rust resistant. So that's why that is on the list. And right. so like um, my understanding is that it is a hybrid. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason for that is for protection from this leaf rust, basically, because it's the 30 to 40% of their, the co-op's crop is lost right. to La Roya. Yeah. 30 to 40%. That's almost that's, half. And that's it's amazing. Like, so that's part of their education is like, they're telling these farmers, like you need partial shade to get it out of the direct sunlight because sure. La Roya loves heat. Yep. And the, obviously at higher altitudes, leaf rust is not as prevalent. It can't survive up there. So they have some really nice high-end coffees growing at those higher altitudes, but they still want to improve cup quality of these lower altitude coffees like we have here, which is why we get into so many varietals that are hardier against these diseases. And I think, and I don't think I know that's why the list of varietals on this coffee is four, five, right? Five. Five, yeah. yeah. So it's it's all for the uh, the betterment of the cup quality, which I think is really impressive. Yeah, man. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm, I wish I had a more direct answer, but unfortunately, the, all the information we have tells us that, Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure it's a hybrid, though. Yeah. Well, and one, one thing that's really cool about having all of those together is it brings out those really interesting tasting notes yeah. that you were able to highlight right. in this roast yeah, yeah. itself. Um, how did you, like, as a roaster... How do you find yourself kind of discovering those tasting notes and thinking about how you're going to highlight them, like really bring them to the forefront or allow them to express themselves? Yeah. So this um, this coffee really kind of right off the cupping table had a lot of citrus notes to it. So mm -hmm. I love just a nice lemon flavor descriptor because I think it's very approachable. Mm -hmm. um, and when I'm thinking about enhancing this uh, profile in the coffee, I'm thinking about percentage of time in the phases of roasting. Okay. So when we're talking a drying phase on the Joper, I found, um, which is our roasting company, Portuguese roaster, mm -hmm. um, the Joper, that if you kind of move through some of the early phases, just a little bit quicker, you get a little bit more of that snappy citric acidity. Um, and again, like I've been on the, on this Joper for four plus years. And before that I was an American roaster. So I, again, this is just speaking from my own experiences. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, really, you know, it's pretty, that's a pretty manageable thing to do. Just kind of drop a little extra heat in the front end of it, move it through. And then you get into the, the post drying phases where the Maillard starts to kick in. And that's where I really wanted to slow it down and bring out this, that kind of tart sweetness of the grape. So mm -hmm. if we're giving that snappy citric acidity, I want to mellow it out with a little balance with a little sweetness. So yep. the grape in there is not going to be like, um, 
like a candy grape. You know, I don't want anybody to to think that. I think I want you to think about tartness of yep. a fresh grape. Yeah, it's not that like fake bubblegum grape flavor, right? Exactly. Well, yeah. Which is like one of my favorite candy flavors of oh, all time. Yeah, I'm yeah. a big grape boy, but <laughs> well, well, yeah, because when I when I went to to sip, I did have a sip of this. Um, I was just, I hope she doesn't get mad at me, but cat. Cat stole some coffee. Oh yeah, it's a, I mean it's me. back there in the bucket. So, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Don't it's tell a, Luke." Um, so a, when I when I cupped it, uh, I was looking for grape, and what I noticed was, you know, my first instinct was to look for like a green grape, that more like sour yeah, tart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But instead, it was more of a more of a red grape, a yeah. little bit more of a softer tart. Yep. If that makes sense. Yep. Well, yeah. What I would say about that is that it, to me, what it does is it, I wouldn't describe it as whiny because when yeah. you say whiny, people think of like tannins and right. then the other flavors that come along with wine. Right. Right. Or some of like the more like tart flavors that come with wine. But really what it is, is it, it has that grape like accent that just is an undercurrent. In yeah. Wine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, the, the sun tea being the last descriptor, I always like to throw something that like, you know, it's I kind of have a pattern with my tasting notes. There's yep. like a couple um, really approachable tasting notes that don't you don't want to scare many people away. But then you get onto like the more playful, adventurous ones. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of roasters do that, and I think it's a lot of fun to kind of put your own personal spin on it. So totally. the sun tea comes from like the body, like you guys had mentioned in the post about it. Um, the body of it is very light, but it lingers, but not like in in like a super um, mouth coating or heavy way, and mm-hmm. it truly reminds me of sun tea that my mom used to make in the summer. She would have one of those big gallon um, like jars with the spouts on them, and uh, she would yeah. leave it out in the sun with tea in it, and for hours. And it just reminded me of that so much. Oh, yeah, that it's got like a it's got a clean but lingering body to it. Yeah, and it's and it's still thin while um, being very prevalent i think mm-hmm. you know it's like it's a weird thing it just something in my brain clicked and it's like ah oh, that reminds me of sun like my mom's sun tea and well, like I'm, I'm glad you explained that because not everyone is so lucky to have a mom who would make sun tea like real tea. sun tea yeah yeah, yeah. 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 yep i get sure, sun tea i'm yeah. sure some people are going to like see that and they're going to they're going to be like they're going to be like sun tea what's sun tea but i'm now yeah Yep. Yeah. So literally, I don't know it, if it just, did anything if more than just heat the water up with the I, UV rays, but I think it's just like an old school yeah, style sure. of making tea. And that's my mom. And it, well, and it's yeah. kind of it's kind of over extracted, right? Like I'm assuming it's like a black tea, yeah, probably, yep, right? Yep, yep. So it's a little bit over extracted, a little bit um you put lemon what's, in it. What's, exactly. the, yep. what's the A word? The um uh astringent? Like, astringent. Yeah. A yep. little astringent. Yeah. See, that's the lingering for me. In a pleasant way. It, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's just that it's like an astringent dryness at the end that, yeah. that's what i get on the back of yep. the palate which yep. reminds me of black tea exactly can, yeah so if you can't find sun tea in it think of black tea well because it's oh, black yeah. tea yeah. but then your first tasting you know is lemon so you right. lemon and sun there you go and it, honestly though that all kind of came organically like i said i know i wanted to keep it make this coffee for you guys something that's still very approachable you know down the road we can get into the anaerobic naturals oh, or don't the get fermented me started. coffees the honey coffees i'm a huge mm. fan of honey coffees we carry a ton throughout the year and that's totally on purpose obviously yep. oh, yeah uh, those coffees are fantastic and so interesting but you know especially for only n- number two um i want to give something that everybody can join that maybe yeah. isn't like the most adventurous processing style but still a really interesting coffee because you just don't see like a ton of peruvian coffees out there and no you don't you, you're gonna just 
you're going to start seeing them more prevalent as this co-op grows and grows and grows. Like I said, it started, I think, with 10, and now they're up to 360 producers under this co-op. That's Aussie. great. And, I, and um, yeah, so the story there, Royal Coffee, huge shout-out to them. I know that um, they are really coming around to being very hands-on and, and really boots on the ground on these coffee farms. And like mm-hmm. I said, uh, my green coffee trader, Britt, is she's been to the, the co-op. Yeah. And she's worked with these women producers. She's met all these fantastic people, all these scientists on the farm level. And I, the story just speaks to me. And I'm really happy to have more coffee coming from this co-op. To yeah, release. she had some really great pictures of that, too. And yeah. Like you can just tell, like, ev- she, everyone's just super excited. Yeah, and she's very passionate about all of the work that she does with these farmers. And I think that's amazing. And I know, like, a lot of importers... And green coffee traders want to preach that stuff, but her proof, you know, the proof is in the pudding with her. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. another shout out. She just got Sprudge's, I believe it was Sprudge. I'll have to double check. I'm sorry if I'm uh, misnaming it, but she got the top 20 of oh, the year. Oh, great. She was in there. Dude. A green coffee top 20 trader. Green that's amazing. Fire. That's great. Yeah, the top 20, like superlatives in coffee, basically. Oh, that's awesome. Because she got nominated by her um, clients at Flux Coffee down towards the city. Oh. And um, they wrote up this perfect descriptor. She makes coffee so approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, she's younger than all of us. Really? Yeah, she, I believe she just turned 26. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, but she... From day one, when we started working with her, she made me feel like it's okay that you you don't know these things. Like, let me teach you. Let me help you. Yeah. And she still does to this day. And her help is, I mean, we'd be a different, it'd be a completely different coffee program without her. Yeah. So um, I want to make sure her story is known as well. Yeah. Shout out, Britt. Yeah. Yeah, I'll throw some links. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. To Yeah. Her write up on the, from the co-op and everything. She's just, she's a, a real inspiration and she's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Oh, she's so nice. She's just unbelievably helpful. So yeah. Um, all the props go to her and the farmers. I can't really take credit for I can only make the coffee as good as it is when it comes in that loading dock door. And this coffee was really great. Well, if the roasting is the icing on the cake, yeah. you're at least an expert icer. You know, like that's I'll the take best it. way I'll I can take it. it all day. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, and I just want to say what a what a what a perfectly, you know, un- unfortunately, uh, I, I have to preface it with unfortunately, um, this is a really good point in time to be highlighting uh, a coffee that is so focused on equality and community. Yeah. Because yeah, the world sure. we live the right whole, now. The whole world needs that right now. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, again, like I said. It was a great pick. Yeah. When I post the, uh, the family thing, the family lot immediately spoke to me, especially for, especially for you guys. You have mm-hmm. your small family. You have a huge uh, family of brothers and sisters. Oh, my God. And Jesus. We're sprawling. Yeah. My mom's one of eight. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I love the whole family idea. And I feel if we're going to highlight, let's highlight as many people as we can. And yeah. this guy and his 13 kids. You know, it's yeah. beautiful. So, um, yeah. No, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you guys giving me this platform to talk about this. I do know that this is a tough time. And anybody oh that, that's listening and has is having a tough time like don't be afraid to reach out obviously like we got seriously again one of the biggest things that myself and acacia are kind of um my coworker, our coworker acacia uh who basically runs the front of house at crew um she really wants to keep the focus on these uh charities and this mm-hmm. movement that's happening around the world right now for people of color right now black lives yep um and so we're going to you know, keep your eye on the, the crew Instagram and yep. the crew Facebook page for more on that. Um, I hope to open up a donation part under our online store where people can just donate and we'll change the, the charity every week or every oh, couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I mean like not to take away focus from what's happening in the world cause it's very important, but 
you know, if we want to preach equality in the coffee chain, we need to have equality in Everywhere. our own home. Yeah. And Amen. we don't right now. Yeah. No. Um, so I think that's really important to, to focus on. And again, yeah. thank you guys for giving me the platform. And oh, of course. It's Dude. just, it's so important to keep fighting the good fight. I mean, like, like I've said many times, like you're the reason I started working in coffee. Appreciate that. Yeah. Because like it, I was, I'm a coffee guy. Like I've yeah. been drinking coffee since I was seven. Yeah. You know, I've had it my entire that's, life. That's it's way been, too young. Yeah, Don't like, feed I, your seven year olds. Well, I was, I was drinking decaf. My mom was like, okay, you can have coffee, but you'll have decaf. Right. 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 And then by like nine, I had like coerced her into allowing me to have yeah. caffeinated coffee. I was yeah. like, and we her reasoning was, well, in. he can have this cup of coffee and then I'll tell him not to have soda later. And I was like, oh, okay. All Fair right. trade. Trade off. Yeah. Trade. Yeah. It was great. Um, but then, so I've been drinking coffee and I've, I remember I would always gravitate towards something that was interesting. I'll yeah. be like, oh, this tastes different than all the other, you know, coffees at this shop. And then um like one of the first times I ever went to crew, I, I just like I remember taking a sip and being like, wow, this is good. I really like this. And like just wanting to be around it. And then eventually like I got lucky enough to start working there. And yeah. one of the, you know, I'm kind of using this to just lead into like I'm still grateful to work there because it seems like all the time, like yourself, Acacia, the people that we work with are very supportive, not only of each other, but of like the community oh, and yeah. the world at large and progress and yeah. change. And like, it's just, you know, coffee shops have always been a center for change yeah, and I progress. Mean, cafe and, is community. And yeah, again, with everything that's going on in the world, um, it's, it stinks to have not have that community inside the shop right now. Yeah. But we still have each other. We still have our coworkers and we mm -hmm. see our regulars every day. And it, um, it's, it's slowly coming back in yeah. like a new form yes. for a bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah no. Um, so yeah, really appreciate the kind of words. That's like the part of the community is bringing people together. I mean, that is yeah. community. Yeah. And uh, I too am extremely grateful for the cafe setting, bringing me to Ryan and all the things that Ryan and his family has done for me, yep. giving me a career in coffee. It would be nothing if I was didn't jump on his coattails and just ride him to where we are now. Um, fortunately enough, he's, he's so um, obsessed with so many things. Like I had, I came in at the right time and was like, let me do this. And he was like, good. Yeah, I'm, I need somebody to do this. You know? I'm gonna say very similar. Yeah, story, absolutely. But just yeah, on yep. the you know what though? Side. But, but I will say from the outside that Ryan was lucky to find both of you guys. Oh, true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and hey, looks, we're lucky to have you. We're buddy. all hey, yeah, buddy. I am just lucky to be here. Okay, yeah. I'm Dude, grateful for the ride. How Gratitude. lucky are we all to be here? Wow, we are, yeah, seriously. We do. I will say After these couple months. We, I know, right? We're we're joking a little bit, but are. I I'd say you know our whole uh, our whole platform is based on gratitude. Yeah, and, for sure, uh, for sure. This is a this is a big part of it. So Luke, yeah, sure I know you got. A, I know you got a barbecue to go to. That's Speaking right. of family, yeah. send yeah. our love Speaking to your family. family. Absolutely. Real, uh, real quick. Yeah. What's your jam? What are you listening oh, to what lately? Is your jam? Oh, there's a couple albums that I'm really heavy on right now. Yeah, you've always uh, got good music going. Yeah, I do. Um, music has always been a part of my life. I love that the coffee community is pretty much built on musicians or yeah. artists. <laughs> um, artists. We all need to make money while we make art. Right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Artists in general. So uh, I've been playing drums for like over 15 years now. Um, and so that being said, I'm always in looking for the new good music. And right yeah. now, um, this great Canadian band called Peach Pit just Peach put out a new album. I love Peach Pit. Yeah. So their album, You and Your Friends, or You and All Your Friends, or You and Your Friends, um, okay. that is a phenomenal, phenomenal album. I cannot stop awesome. listening to that. There's one song on there, Brian's Movie. 
is so funny. It's like the the lyrical writing. He adds comedy into storytelling. Love that. Love that group of dudes. Oh, um, obviously, Run the Jewels Four is speaking very heavily to love, a lot yeah. of people right now. I just showed I that love to those. Yeah. I love those two being a bridge of the white and black community, and mm-hmm. you know, helping bring that kind of side of the music community together. Um, and obviously, Killer Mike is an amazing activist. Same with EL or yeah. LP. I almost said ELP. Uh, it's a different person, I think. Right. Uh. Uh. Technically, but like some people just say ELP because okay, gotcha. like, it's all caps. Yep. So and then uh, the new Strokes album, obviously, just been a Strokes fan my entire life. They mm. never put out bad music. Uh, yeah. So it's oddly enough, the album's named A New Abnormal, and it's like <laughs> crazy. <on. laughs> yeah, and it is a quintessential Strokes album. I cannot wow. stop listening to it. It's so good. They just That's keep awesome. making great music. They cannot do wrong. They do. And uh, yeah, and I'm always listening to the old goodies. Uh, obviously, Rush. You know, oh, if you yeah. can't tell I love Canadian music. Yes, <laughs> right. uh, I love my Canadian music. I'm French Canadian and Polish. So any oh, any homeland know. boys. You're French Canadian. Right. Yep, French Canadian and Polish. That's, That's cool. hence the very white skin and lack of ability to tan. Mm. <laughs> Just sunburn. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm um, always listening to that old stuff. But really, that new Peach Pit album is phenomenal. Moses Sumney has uh, a great album. Mm-hmm. That just came out and Perfume Genius. What a fun album! Uh, they just put out. So that just popped across my radar. Yeah, listen to Perfume Genius. Ago, yeah. so nice and poppy, but it kind of runs the gamut of emotion of emotions and you know, being a musician, you love music that just makes you feel something and is is saying something. Yeah. So where Peach Pit is kind of funny, talking about you know doing hash hits off of hot knives mm-hmm. at a party. Yep. Uh, Cause those guys love their pot um, <laughs> or whether, you know, it's Moses Sumney or perfume genius talking about inequality in the, in not only um, the world of race, but the world of gender gender. Mm-hmm. And I yep. think that's really important too. And I think that music is a great outlet for a lot of people to listen and, yeah, be, and feel encouraged in, in the, how they feel. That's huge. If yeah. you want to end it on a positive note, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but New York uh, just passed to protect transgender yes. healthcare. Yep. Which is huge. Right. Yeah. Because there was something happened federally. Federally. federally yeah. Shut down. So. New York said, no, 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 no. We got yeah. this. We're good. I good. dude. Speaking of gratitude, grateful to be in New York this yeah. year. Yeah. 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 But. I think all things considered, um, we're, even though we're tied in with the city down there and we're so far away, yeah. I think it's helped, um, you know, stifle the, the virus from really spreading up here too. Cause with, mm-hmm. with these small communities, these people getting together could run through here like, like wildfire. And I know yeah. it did for a lot of people. And then, you know, a lot of people were lost and yeah. unfortunately it was a lot of the senior citizen community, but, um, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, we're fortunate again, just gratitude. We're yeah. so lucky to be who we are, where we are, when, when we are drinking, good we're coffee. living history. Yeah. This coffee's really opening up as it cools. Dude, I, I was going to say that. Okay. Can that please be the final note of this? Is that yeah. this co- like okay? You're talking about sun tea. Yeah, that note comes out yeah. more as it cools, yeah. which actually makes it a really great coffee to like just sip over a longer Dude, period really, of time. The citrus too really comes on the back of the sip as it Dude, cools. Dude, your your tea expertise has been highlighted <laughs> alongside <are>. your <laughs> roasting expertise. It all comes in together. It yeah, does, man. man. Yeah, I Dude, love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, for thank you guys. Here. Thank you guys. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah have a great day. Thanks have a great barbecue. Yes, you guys too. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. All right. Dude, we will.